Welcome to Reputation Revolution. This is the podcast where we help individuals like you to establish your voice in the marketplace, enhance the credibility of that voice, extend the reach of your story and your message, and finally, extract value from your efforts in building a meaningful personal brand that's both recognized and respected. Now, on with the show. Welcome, my name is Trevor. You're listening to Reputation Revolution. This is the show where we unpack the many varied elements involved in building a credible thought leader brand and gain all the benefits that come with that. Now, today's episode is going to be all about LinkedIn with a sidebar conversation around LinkedIn company pages. We're going to discuss whether you need a LinkedIn company page on top of your profile if you're leveraging a business off the back of your professional personal brand. But first, Reputation Revolution is brought to you by the Credible Authority Academy. Grow your influence, create more impact, learn how to become a credible, influential voice in your industry. Go to CredibleAuthority.com. If you like what we talk about here on the Reputation Revolution, you'll no doubt be interested in what's on offer at the Credible Authority Academy. Let me get that out properly, Credible Authority Academy. Okay, let's get into the show. My guest today is Michelle J. Raymond. Michelle is a B2B social selling consultant. She's a LinkedIn strategist and trainer. She's also the founder of the business Good Trading Company. She's co-author of the book Business Gold, Build Awareness, Authority and Advantage with LinkedIn Company Pages. And she hosts the Good for Business show. Welcome to the show, Michelle. I'm very excited to be here. I feel like we've done a role reversal. You were on my show, you know, just a week ago, and now I get to come and join you. I know. I love the synergies of all that and all the dynamic of um, uh, swapping sides. So you're the one under the under the spotlight today. Um, kick us off. Give us a bit of a thumbnail sketch. Uh, of your good self for how and why did you go down the LinkedIn consulting path? It's a pretty crowded space. Um, What has the journey been like? The accidental entrepreneur is how I would describe myself. So I fell into social selling around eight years ago now. So I come from a sales background. I turned up at a new job and said, what do we sell? Because it was a new industry. They said, Michelle, just go away. It's your job. And I said, yeah, no problems. Uh, So I come from the beauty industry. So selling all the raw materials and ingredients that go into skincare and hair care and all the things you can't pronounce on the back of your shampoo bottle. (laughs) And I said to them, so what do we sell? And they said, that's your job. And I said, yeah, I understand. But is it on the website? And they're like, Michelle, there's 10,000 ingredients. How do you expect us to do that? And I said, okay, we'll go old school. How about we go to the catalog? I can do that. And they said, no, Michelle, that's your job. You have to go out and sell this. And I was like, okay, let me do the maths. 10,000 ingredients, 80 customers spread around Australia. Not sure that's going to work out. You know, the laws of physics will actually bring me undone. So I just got the job through LinkedIn and I said to my boss, do you mind if I put some content on here? Because in my mind, I could reach many people at the same time from one place. And he said, does it cost anything? And I said, I don't think so. And so he goes, whatever, Michelle, go away. I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't cost anything. So off I went and I built one of the most amazing B2B communities around beauty, chemical distribution in the world. And that was my go-to. So 
I loved it because I literally. How long ago was that? Uh, so I started nearly eight years ago now. Yeah. Uh, so I did that as a side part of my sales role for yeah. six years. One day I'm working for someone who decided that they would renege on a $2 million deal that I'd just done with a very big customer. And I found out at 6.30 at night from that customer asking me what was going on. And I was completely oblivious and had no idea. So I quit on the spot, woke up the next day and went, I'm never working for a bad (laughs) boss ever again. Oh, that's that's how all good companies start. (laughs) And my partner, she said to me, Michelle, why don't you just work as hard for us and build a business and, you know, work for us instead of working for everyone else and make us money? And I said, yeah, great. What will I do? She's like, you can sell anything. And, you know, it sent me on a path for around six months of trying to work out what it was I was going to do to the point where I nearly imploded because I was putting so much pressure on myself coming up with the right idea and getting pulled in all kinds of different directions. And then eventually, thankfully, lockdown had happened all around Australia because it was March 2020 when I quit and (laughs) all my old industry had started to come onto LinkedIn and I reached out to someone to help them and said, I wish that you could actually, uh, if you did this and this, it would actually help you a lot. And she said, how do you know all of this stuff? And I said, I've been doing it for so long, rah, 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 rah. And she said, I wish I could learn from you. And I was like, there it is. Light bulb. So were you, I mean, you're obviously active on the the company page side of things for the, you know, in your role. Were you much, doing much in the, in the, in the profile, the individual side of it, or just focused more on the page? It was actually the other way around. I'd never touched a company page. So what actually happened was I built up my own personal brand. The companies I worked for had zero interest in LinkedIn, so it was all me. And then what would happen is I'd change jobs and I'd take all of my 5,000 followers with me each time. And it wasn't until I wrote this training program that was specific for the industry, went back out to some former clients and said, I could teach you how to do what I do. And they just looked at me with this, oh, my God, can't you just do it for us? And I was like, is that a job? <laughs> and, you know, maybe I'm showing my age. I'm 46. I didn't even think it was a job that people paid other people to do what I'd been doing as part of my job. It was just so far removed. And so I looked up how could I do that. And being a page administrator is where company pages came into it because I was like, yeah, I can do this for you. Right. So then what happens is I go to the next client and I offer training and the same response, can't you just do it for us? And so then my sales brain kicks in and I do like a SWOT analysis of what's going on in the landscape. You're right. There was a thousand different LinkedIn trainers, many of them established for quite a long time, but none of them were talking about company pages. So I decided Mm -hmm. I was going to own that little sand pit. Everyone else could play in the 99.5% of LinkedIn and fight over that. And I would own the company page sand pit and I would own a hundred percent of it. And off I went. And you read the book. I wrote the book. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, the opportunities that came from being the only person willing to talk about company pages yeah. as, you know, uh, a part of a business strategy has paid off dividends, but it wasn't easy. I, I don't mm. pretend it was because yeah. there's a lot of scepticism at best, <laughs> and I put that nicely, uh, because people don't know what to do with them. Yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, I, I guess with LinkedIn, they've been sort of very slow 
um, to sort of come to the party. We, we were so used to pages off, off Facebook for many, many, many years beforehand, but we can get into that in a tick. But first, I want to probably talk just a little bit more LinkedIn from a personal basis because you do, you've popped up on my radar as a, as a person um, first, not as the business. And it's interesting in, the, in more recent episodes, we've been talking about personal brand versus business brand. Uh, if we get time, I might ask you a question about that. But, um, you know, you're very, very active uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, and from where I sit, you're making a splash. You're, you're out there, you're adding a lot of value. You obviously practice what you preach. Have you got a philosophy of when it comes to the platform? How do you approach LinkedIn on a day-to-day basis? For me, just like when I was out in sales, like I was very successful in my sales career because there's two things that I frame sales as, problem solving and helping people. And I literally have just taken that onto LinkedIn and that's what I do. I spend a lot of time creating content that solves problems for other people or I spend a lot of time helping others and that can be supporting their content. It could be attending their events. It could be sending DMs saying, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. It could be connecting other people and saying, actually, you guys are quite common. I think you'd get along really well. And I know both of you and respect both of you. So I'm just going to introduce you and step away. And there's been some amazing collaborations come out of those kind of conversations. And so I do a lot of work to support other people. I love creating content. I could do that with all day, every day with my eyes closed. Um, But it's always with the intent of how will this help someone or solve a problem for someone on the other side. Uh, And I think that's why I am so successful because that's what people are looking for on the platform. Mark Schaefer, who's a a very well-known marketing author, um, he's written some fantastic books. He's been on the show before, uh, got one of the best marketing blogs out there. In one of his books, I've I think it's Marketing Rebellion, and he quoted someone who I can't remember. They were a, the head of marketing at Sukoni, I think, or Adidas, one of the two, or they've probably been at both companies. And they, the quote there was, don't, don't be in the city, be of the city. Uh, I'm paraphrasing that potentially a little bit. But the sentiment is exactly that, be of the city, of the fabric of the city. And when it comes to social media, um, we're both very much aligned in that review in that way as well, be of the city, be part of the community. Uh, if you want to build your own community and following and network, you've got to help build other people's as well. So it feels to me that you're that's that's 100% the way you think as well. Uh, Yeah, as simple as what goes around comes around is what my nan would have taught me. And, you know, that's what I do. I say, you know, someone else is starting out. If I can help them, I reach back and, you know, say, look, I've already learned this. Here's how I think this will help. And so quite often, you know, I'll jump on calls with people or I'll, I'll actually initiate it and say, hey, would you like to catch up? Because I think our values are aligned, which is really important to me, making sure that our values align first. And then we worry about what people do or what their job title is or all that kind of stuff. And I'll jump on and they'll be like a bit gobsmacked. Oh my God, Michelle, I'm on a call with you. And I was like, yeah, I'm just a person like everybody else. So I don't put myself above anyone just based on a number of followers or time spent. And I think that relatability, you know, what I want to build is a relatable brand. I want people to see themselves in me. I want them to be attracted to me because we share similar values. Um, And that common theme of helping others I really, you know, I chose Good Trading Co. as my company name with a focus on the good. Uh, And it was at the time, you know, to get away from 
working for bad bosses, you know, if there's a good versus evil, but it was ultimately I wanted to attract the kinds of people that light me up, you know, and so I've now built that community. I missed out on doing it in the first year because I focused too much on becoming the LinkedIn company pages expert. And I ticked the box. Like you said, I wrote the book. Yeah. I got to do all of these things. I'm part of the Small Business Advisor Council to LinkedIn pages team. I ticked all of those boxes, but I got to the end of the year and I felt hollow. It was like a hollow victory is how I would describe it. I was a bit exhausted, but there was it wasn't really lighting me up. So then I went, what's missing? And I was like, it's my heart that's missing. I care about people. I like to be authentic. If I've messed something up, I will share it. I'm happy to be vulnerable and tell you what I care about. And now that I'm doing that, who would have thought, you know, my community is, you know, really just leveled up and I'm surrounded by that kind of person as well. And now I feel like I'm on top of the world. And so I think that shows. And now I'm like energized by it. And I think when you start just being a LinkedIn version of yourself rather than who you really are, that's yeah. when it goes pear-shaped. Yeah. No, it's uh, thank you for sharing that. Because, I mean, that's the that's the key. You know, we can uh, strategically carve out our, our space, our intellectual territory, what we want to be known for. Um, I call it reputational flags. What are they? Uh, what do we? What do we? Where do we? How do we want to build our reputation? But it's the intangible stuff around it, you know. Like as you say, linking people to, uh, connecting people together, um, uh, sharing other people's content, dropping in and helping their content uh, by commenting and, and inviting others to join that conversation. And and uh, don't be in the city, be of the city. So uh, you're doing that. So you're, you're, as I said, very active. Clearly the algorithm knows that I follow you and uh, you pop up all the time. So I know how active you are. How much time a week on your personal brand, let's say, personal business brand, um, do you spend um, on LinkedIn? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie, I'm probably spending a couple of hours a day on LinkedIn minimum because I also manage a few company pages for clients. So I'm checking in on their communities and building those as well. Um, What I've become very good at, and this is the bonus of having a company page when at the time I was just a solopreneur, I've now got, as I said, got one more person helping me. But having a company page allows me to feel like I'm everywhere because I've got two chances of showing up. Good Trading Co. and Michelle J. Raymond. And so people are like, you seem to be everywhere all of the time. And what I've become good at is just repurposing you know, my LinkedIn lives turn into multiple posts, turn into a podcast. I use them in my newsletters. And so I've become good at systemizing what content I create so that I'm not trying to create everything from scratch and original all the time. As much as I love it, it's not practical when I'm trying to build things off LinkedIn. You know, it might be a new website. It might be building an email newsletter off the platform. Ultimately, my business is only a couple of years old and I've had to build it all from scratch. And I, it's been a humbling experience. I thought I knew a lot more than what I did. I just realized I worked in companies that had teams that handled a lot of stuff so I didn't have to worry about it and so there's a level of humility and you know eating that humble pie that I've had to do and ask for help you know along the way from people who are experts you know that can really help me grow Um, and there are people like your newsletter as I've said many a time um, you know out there that I think 
you know, aligning myself with people that have been there who are experts in other fields really allows me to learn from them and grow. And, you know, that's, I've realized, never going to (laughs) stop. No, no, you've got to just continue, isn't it? It's, uh, it's kind of, it's got to be part of your DNA. You got to, you know, want to be involved and want to learn and want to share, and uh, that's all the soft and fluffy stuff, which actually is where the magic happens. Um, Michelle, what I'm, I'm very interested in um, company pages because a lot of people now, and you know, we're a, a, a show about professional personal branding, um, but a lot of people have got a company or a business around their personal brand. Um, you can't just be a thought leader and you know, without anything underneath it, <laughs> otherwise you get very hungry. But so for people that are running a a business that's, you know, let's call it off the back of their personal brand, a personal brand-based enterprise, I like to call it, do they need, this is the million-dollar question, do they need a LinkedIn company page? And I call it a company page. Is it still called company pages or just pages? Well, the official name is LinkedIn Pages. The unofficial name that most people refer it to is LinkedIn Company Pages. And there's also some people who call it LinkedIn Business Pages, which is, you know, the hangover from Facebook, I think. Um, And so this is part of the confusion. And even setting up a company page is really difficult to find on LinkedIn. Like the menu is hidden away in an obscure place. So even just setting it up. And I think if we look, my answer is different now than what it would have been if we started talking maybe five years ago couple of things have happened. COVID is number one. Uh, Now, what happened with that? So many businesses brought their advertising spend onto LinkedIn. It was crazy. Two years ago, LinkedIn had about three people in the pages team. It's plus 30 these days and growing faster than you can keep up with. Same with the number of features. So if people haven't had a look at it in the last 12, 18 months, it's time to go back with a fresh set of eyes and have a look. I believe everyone needs one to add credibility to their personal brand. So I'm not someone that says stop doing anything with your personal brand. What I'm saying is keep doing what you're doing with that and get the synergy out of working with the company page and building a brand that actually amplifies that. So it's the whole one plus one equals three is what I've got going yeah. on. So do you get the same amount of reach? Absolutely not. You don't. I can't, there's no magic secret that I can share with people today that will say, this is how you do it. But what you can actually do is actually use the company brand to build the personal brand and vice versa. And that's where the magic is. And that's what I like to share with people. Yeah, well, that that deals into there. There's your answer. There, my answer about company brand versus personal brand, and you know, we've had two episodes um, dedicated to that. Uh, the first two episodes of this uh, season, number six. So, let me drill down a little bit. Then, uh, do you need a company name, a business name that's not your own, or can you kind of, if you've got a if you don't want to put it under your own name, you know, Trevor Young Proprietary Limited or Limited or whatever, if you've just got a, a company like that that you don't really promote, I guess, that brand of it, um, can you use maybe a podcast or your, you know, your blog or the name of your podcast or name of the blog? I could do one, Reputation Revolution. I'm just going through this, by the way. Um, before uh, you came on for this week, I knew you were coming on. I've actually gone and done it because I've just launched uh, the Credible Authority Academy, and I thought, oh, maybe I better have a company page. <laughs> Otherwise, Michelle will get into me if I don't. So I've um, I've I've created that, and I've gone down that path. Um, and 
but that's a sort of a, a, a business off the back of me. It's not my whole business. So that's where I found it quite interesting, but it's going to be a brand that I'll, I'll promote, whereas my company brand, I don't promote that, I, I promote me. So that's a long way of saying, um, what do we name these pages? So the good news is you can literally name it whatever you choose. There is no restriction to, say, our company numbers versus what you can set up. There's no match that happens on LinkedIn, which is a plus and a negative, depending if you've got fake accounts attaching uh, to your company name. That can be a problem because there is no verification process. On the plus side, it gives you lots of flexibility to create it as you see. Now, I would say to people, I wouldn't use exactly the same name just because it becomes really confusing. So if I had Michelle J. Raymond and Michelle J. Raymond, one with a photo, one with a logo, I, I've tried it. I, you know, I experimented with a lot of different things in the beginning. And what I find is at the speed that we scroll, you know, it's literally that point oh three of a second that we look at things. I don't want people to see my name twice and think they've already seen it and keep on scrolling. Yeah. Now, I learned that lesson when I batch made a couple of videos and posted one on my company page, completely different content, but I looked exactly the same, uh-huh. same backgrounds, and both of them tanked because I think people went, I've already seen that, you know, and yeah. we don't pay that much attention. So, um, can be creative. So I've got my company page. I then link my podcast um, actually links as a showcase page, which is just slightly different. What I actually think the main concern people have is if I start doubling up and I've got a page and I've got a personal profile and I've got all this content I've got to create, how do I keep up? I think that actually blocks a lot of people from exploring Mm. company pages because they don't want to duplicate how much work they've got to get done especially as a solopreneur, you're already juggling so much. So what I like to say is create the company page and treat it as your greatest hits album, right? You're not going to try and maintain it every day, but when something really resonates on your personal profile and it's an evergreen piece of content or maybe a frequently asked question, then take that and repurpose it and put it over on the company page. Because I think the resourcing problem is actually the deterrent as opposed to the value of company pages. So, you know, getting clear about that up front, we don't post it on the same day, so we we give it some space and look as repurposing as part of your content strategy so that you can maintain a presence because what happens is we're all doing our online stalking, TripAdvisor, Yelp, Google reviews, you name it. Before we hand our money over to a business, we want to check out that it's legit. So I might like working with one-on-one with the person, but when it comes to handing over money, especially when we're working internationally so easily these days, I just want to check before I send that international transfer, is this business legit? And having a company page is important because if you Google the business name, it will show up in the first few results. So if nothing else, Google results, first page, So it'll show up probably in the top six results. If you Google your business name, the LinkedIn company page will sit there. The other thing is you can update your personal profile on LinkedIn and then your work experience will show your little logo everywhere. So no great ghost buildings, which, you know, it just takes away a bit of credibility, right? So anything that we can remove that friction, um, that's what I'm there for. That's a reason why I've always kind of like them because the logo pulls through into your own profile and it makes it look a little bit more 
dynamic, I guess. And as you say, instead of those little, what do you call it, little grey building avatars, um, yeah, I've got a couple of those. <laughs> um, and so do you, I notice, I think on yours you've got your book as well. Um, is that a sub-page of your, what have you, can you talk, walk us through how you've structured your page? Because you've got a company name, but you've also got some other elements around it. I do. And it sounds like you've got some sub-pages. Why don't you walk us through that? Because that'll be really interesting. Yeah, so often it's about the structure of what kind of page is the right kind of page for the right kind of business or outcomes. You know, I tie everything back to business goals. Now, a company page is what I would call like the umbrella page. It's where everything comes together and everything sits underneath. And that's the main one that I would say for 99% of people, that's all you will ever need. You will see things like product pages and showcase pages and all these other things that sit over on the other side. And for people, the, I guess for most people, they're enticing and you think maybe I need one of those, but it's another lot to manage. It's another community to build. It's more work to be done. So for most people, unless you've got a, a significant team that can manage this, ignore them. You don't need them. Just manage it with your content. So I have a company page called Good Trading Co. I also then created a showcase page for my uh, podcast. So all of the episodes are over there. I do it so that I can easily refer people on LinkedIn. I can go and tag them. If there's an episode where they've asked me a question about, you know, how to build a credible authority on LinkedIn, then I easily go back to that episode and say, here's what I did with Trevor, tag them in it and keep that social conversation going besides sending them off platform. Now, that helps me to manage some of the everyday questions that I get asked and it's just an easy place to keep them on LinkedIn. I also have a couple of other company pages. Now, I have one for Business Gold, for instance, which was the book that I wrote with Lynette Johnston. Why did we set one up? Because we needed a place where we could both manage the content and both have access. And a company page is perfect for that because you can have assign third parties as page admins. So we both have equal access. We could both manage the content that needed to be created. And again, do I put a lot of effort into that page? Absolutely not. You know, mostly it's photos that people have taken with the book that we keep a record and tag them, you know, and it's just built up a really nice trophy cabinet almost. Um, In the beginning, we used it to help promote the book. You know, this is coming, this is coming through. Uh, So having access, I've got another one uh, called the LinkedIn Branding show with Michelle Griffin, where we, again, need to share that. And we've got a book coming, you know, at the end of this year, uh, which will tie into that. So again, two people needing access. And that's the main difference between company pages and profiles. You can outsource the administration of a company page. You officially can't do that for a personal profile. Right. So let me gather all that together and tie it up in a bow. (laughs) Um, So you've got Good Trading Co. is your main greatest hits. And when you have good content that resonates on your personal one, personal profile, you cross it over and share it on Good Trading Co. You've got a showcase page. Is that the sub page, the same as the sub page? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that's for, is the book that? That's for the podcast. Oh, sorry, the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. The LinkedIn Live. Um, And then... So you've got that running around and then the book itself has got its own page and you share that with Lanier, your co, uh, yeah. co-author, and Absolutely. you've got something happening with Michelle Griffin as well. So, 
Yeah, and it just it's a it sounds complicated and you can see when people try to divide things up how quickly and easily it becomes overwhelming for most yes. people. So I can do all of this because I, I'm very clear around what the goal is for those pages. I'm very right. clear around how much effort I'm capable of putting in. In some cases, we're sharing that effort so I can achieve more. Uh, but ultimately, for most people, you're not going to have that luxury. It's going to be overwhelming. And the last thing that I want people to do is give up too soon. You know, that's the, the yep. main thing that I'm out to do. It's sustainability over the long term to just keep it ticking over you know even if it's one post a week one post every two weeks just so when I'm stalking you because we all are we're all doing it when I'm stalking you I go and see that you're active now it doesn't have to be every day and you know again manage the workload but I want to see that something's popping up that you're a credible company and not just a good talker right and so this is where we we use those to build up that reputation so for listeners out there who have a business, so they've, they've got their own personal page, they're reasonably active or super active or not active, whatever the case may be, uh, on that personal page, but they have a, a business, you recommend you should have a company page off the back of that business. Um, and one of the good reasons is that will look good on your personal profile because the logo will come up. But then you can... Um, cross-pollinate between the two. Now, this opens up another question. Uh, We did talk about duplicate content. So before when you said when you do have uh, a post that works really well on the personal, you put it across on the company page, you repurpose. I take that as if it's a blog post, for example, that works, you just change the, the caption of it in the feed. It's that simple as that. Yeah, sometimes it can be a straight copy-paste. It doesn't even need to be that complicated. I wish that my content was so great that the same sets of eyes the algorithm would show it to every single time. The fact is you don't know when something's going to land with people on the other side. So from that perspective, the chances of people seeing it twice are so minimal. Uh, And what do we do if we see something already, which is quite common on the feed? We just scroll. Like it's not offensive on the platform. So, yeah, that's all I do. And that's fair call. Now, what about... I know a lot of companies that have got pages and I've heard them talk about it and they say, well, you know, we put our original stuff on our company page and then we share it on our personal page. You don't believe that's the right way. You believe you put it on your personal page first and then and then the company. Or is it um, tomato and tomato? <laughs> no, I think it's a really complicated answer to this one. So if I look at it in isolation, pressing the share button on LinkedIn right now gets you nowhere in general, right? So your reach is just abysmal at best. So does it work to press that button or even the repost function that we've got right now, which is slight alternative, do they work? I would say if we're talking and measuring on terms of reach, no, they don't, which has got nothing to do with your strategy. It's just a feature and function within LinkedIn. There's a lot of things that go on and we know that, you know, over 90% of people are not comfortable creating content or engaging with content on LinkedIn. Now, why I love company pages, it's really interesting that people are quite often 
really capable content writers creating content for company pages, if I ask them to do the same on their personal profile, they just have a meltdown. You know, there's all this anxiety that comes up about being judged by my boss or my peers or my competitors, um, and it just takes it away. So often I'll say to people, if you feel comfortable pressing the share button, I will take a person, an employee, anyone, taking an action on the platform over sitting in the grandstands, you know, just watching what's going on. So if I can get them to press share, the chances are I could probably get them to press like or and down the track build up confidence to get to commenting, which is obviously the name of the game. Quite often too many people say don't share, but for someone that might be like such a huge action and I don't ever want to discourage that. So um there's a bit of pros and cons on both. There are wins that aren't measured by just reach that I also would like to factor in. Yeah, so well, that's good. That's good. So it's not as complex really as what we probably make it out to be. <laughs> and and so that's the content side. So what you're saying is um, if, you're, if you've got to, you know, you really want to nail um, LinkedIn proper, you've got to be on it pretty much every day. If you want to be a a full-on participant and, and a creator, probably not cr- content every day, but at least be on it every day. And you've got to be active. Like that's that's just an ongoing treadmill we have to get in, but not see it as a treadmill because that's not that's a negative. It should not be seen as a negative. Um, that and that works. That grows. We've seen people, you know, really nail that side of things. Uh, you're a great case in point. How do you then grow your and with the company page? You don't have to tend to it as much. How, how then, therefore, the things that grow your personal page, you don't really do with your company page, how do you grow your company page? First off, LinkedIn do give us some tools to help us to kind of grow the page from the get-go. So one thing that they give us is what's called invite credits. So depending where you are in the rollout process, you can have anywhere between 100 to 250 invite credits that are given to you. As you send them out, people accept them, you get another credit back, you can send that back out. So that goes to your first degree connections. Now, that is the fastest way to grow. There are many of my, let's say, competitors out there, other trainers that will say, don't use those invites because you can't customize the invite note that goes out with them. Um, I'm here to categorically say, do not listen to that. Um, It is the fastest way to grow the community on your page by using them. The good part is now we get to use some invite filters. So whether it's by location, whether it's by industry, you can target companies. Like how amazing is that? If you're doing account-based marketing, you can search for all of your current connections that are at that particular company and invite them. And they're giving us lots of other ways that we can help employees invite Uh, their contacts to obviously follow the page as well. So inviting is a really big part of company page growth. Uh, If you don't do that, the chances of your page growing organically when we know it doesn't show in the feed or shows very rarely is minimal, right? And so you have to embrace the tools that we've been given. And that is, you know, the number one thing. Other things for me personally that I find really successful that I would encourage other people to explore is a company page newsletter and company page LinkedIn lives. They are the two things that LinkedIn are placing all of their efforts behind right now to improve, to make them grow for brands. And so from that perspective, that's where I'm putting so much of my effort on my page, not so much on posts. 
All right, let's back the track up there. <laughs> Thought you might say that. <laughs> I do like the, again, I've only a few days ago, I've done my Credible Authority Academy company page and I did go through the invites and that's given me a nice head start. So I feel really good that I'm, I'm not uh, Scott Malone on my, my, what is it, Pat Malone? I'm not Pat Malone on there's the only follower. Um, that's probably very Australian for people, isn't it? I'm not alone. Is the is what that is <laughs> uh, for international listeners who don't uh, understand Australian rhyming slang. The LinkedIn Live, and I want to talk to you about LinkedIn Live anyway. So, but you've brought it up, so let's tackle that here. And what was the other one you just said? LinkedIn Live and LinkedIn newsletters for yeah, LinkedIn companies. Newsletters. Okay, so they're two really good functions for your personal brand, for your personal profile. I think I've got a newsletter. And I've done LinkedIn Live. Not as much as you, but I've done them, right? So I think they're good there. Why would I then put them, do them in a company page and not on my own? Really simple answer is this. After you went live on your personal profile, you disappeared down the feed, never to be seen again. It's really hard to go and search for it to find it. Now, what happens is unless you pin it in your featured section, it's pretty much content that's disappeared forever. Unless you know where it is, you'll go and search for it and find it, but nobody else will. On a company page, the brilliant thing that we have that's different is a video tab. And so every LinkedIn Live, you create an event. So there's an events tab, so you can create them out in advance. It shows you a full list of all of the current events that are coming up and all of your past events, so easily searchable. And then all the lives, the video sits on the video tab. And so I've got my own LinkedIn YouTube channel sitting on my company page where every single LinkedIn live I've done, I can go back and again, keep that social conversation which is where my community is and where I can help people. So I just quickly tag them, come and watch this, come and see this. I spoke about this with this person here. And if what I do is I create my events in advance. And so, for instance, next week I might be I'm talking about TikTok for business on my LinkedIn Live. If I'm scrolling my feed and I see someone talking about TikTok on LinkedIn in my feed, I invite them to that. And so it's really targeted, hyper-focused and you know, it just the chances of people coming and getting value increases, mm. then my credibility increases because I'm not just spam inviting people. I'm going, I think you'll really get value out of this. You can do it on your personal profile. It's just so much harder to go searching for the info. Good. That's a really good tip. And so when you're saying you invite people and all that, you're not doing it as the page. The page, you can't comment as the page. You have to comment as the individual. That's correct. So you can comment as a company page now in the feed really easily, which is great. Um, So that's a feature that's only rolled out in the last couple of months. And again, we're starting to see the direction that LinkedIn wants brands to drive conversations. Okay. They want them to be involved. Their research in the Edelman report backs all of this up. It's not just coming from me personally. You know, they've invested a ton of money in this report and everything about b2b is look they want brands to lead the conversation so we want to do business with brands we love just as much as people we love and so they're giving us tools to make this happen and linkedin lives is one of the huge areas of focus that we're seeing and i'm hoping we'll be able to do like paid lives and things like that in the future but um haven't seen haven't seen them yet but i think that's a natural kind of progression of where things will go and i do recommend people follow you on check you out on LinkedIn anyway, go to 
good trading co linkedin page and have a look at those all those lives because i see them pop up I, I kind of never even sort of thought whether until now whether it was on you uh, on your page or whatever it just appeared but now that makes a lot of sense so that's a really good tip right there and what do you think about oh just just quickly back on that some people is, is everyone do you think got linkedin live function functionality now and and do you get that yeah, then do you get it on your company page automatically or you have to wait or submit, submit for it? Yeah, so the application process at the beginning was really clunky and that's gone away now. So if you have LinkedIn creator mode turned on, you get LinkedIn live automatically. Yep. If you've got 150 page followers on your company page, it's automatic as well. So they dropped it from much higher standards to be able to get access to encourage more businesses to get active. Um, and so we're seeing those application processes taken away. So there's really... Right, so you need 150. You need 150 followers of your page, and then you can do LinkedIn Live. Perfect. Yeah. One other question is, as an, another new functionality of LinkedIn uh, is the, the the live audio events. <laughs> People are freaking out here, all of these things. The, the LinkedIn Live audience events, which are quite new, and they're still in beta probably or not? Yeah, look, they've been rolled out for personal profiles, so you can run a LinkedIn Live, sorry, a LinkedIn audio event, if you have creator mode turned on, that's the first group of people that have access to it. So it's still a bit glitchy. You can't record. There's a, you know, but for the most part, it works really well. Now, uh, secret is that next month, part of the testing team that will be testing it for pages. So we'll see brands, again, be able to run uh, LinkedIn audio events coming, you know, sometime in the next quarter or maybe a bit longer, depending how well the rollout and testing goes. Uh, but we're seeing that come across as well. So, again, think conversations and community. Those are the tools that we're getting for pages. So if we think about pages, and this is where I'm out to kind of change the conversation this year, is stop collecting page followers it's not inspiring to anybody start building your b2b community start being the go-to source for your industry and inviting everyone from a 360 degree it could be suppliers it could be regulatory it could be employees customers past present you know anything that kind of contributes to your industry and just really own that space that's better than how do I get more followers who cares you know if followers are useless if we don't do something with them from a business perspective unless you get 150 so you can then do videos <laughs> exactly and and now that you get 250 invite credits you know LinkedIn recognizes a couple of myths that were around there's the myth that it's too hard. Well, sorry, it wasn't a myth. It's too hard to grow a page in the beginning. You know, I was working with clients telling them to pay me for at least nine months before they would see anything. Like, and no matter how good I am, you know, most businesses are going to question if you can't see anything, what are the results? Are you just a scammer? So this is why we've got the increase. So the faster we can grow the number of followers, the more engagement. And so that's why we get the 100 to 250. We're also starting to see other things come through where LinkedIn have heard our cries that we don't get seen in the feed. So I think we'll start to see other ways around that. I don't think that pages will show up in the feed as much as uh, you know, personal profiles ever. That's not what's going to happen. But the myth around it's only because they want us to pay for ads, that's categorically not true. Um, I think it's just a reflection of how little effort was put into pages, you know, right. historically. So lots to unpack there. Thank you very much, Michelle. Um, let's 
just recap on stuff. So building a personal brand, um, you should be on LinkedIn anyway, so we're not going to even beat that drum. Should be doing it, should be active, should be of the city, not in the city. Build your digital neighbourhood, create content, get involved, all of that. Okay. Got a business, get a company page. What you name it is up to you. <laughs> it's Is it your company name, if you've got a brand name? But it could be, you know, you've got uh, a name of a podcast or a blog or a book even, as as um, as Michelle's done. So it's good to get it up there and give it some meaning and, and then work the two together. Business brand builds personal brand. Personal brand builds business brand. Um, the opportunity, if you're going to do LinkedIn Lives, preferably do it on a company page versus a personal profile, but you need 150 followers before you get to that point. Newsletter, we didn't probably pick up on that. I've got a newsletter personally. It is searchable. It is findable, I believe. <laughs> it's a lot easier for people to find that on my personal one. Why should I put that on a company page or should I not? Well, for you, like your whole brand is built around your personal brand. So it may not make sense for you to then go and create something over on a company page. But if you've got a team that are working for the same company, you might have a marketing team versus the CEO. We're now starting to see some tools where we'll be able to collaborate to make uh, newsletters, right? So that's the main difference. So as a solopreneur, we probably might make some different choices. The main thing that I've got is... I've got, you know, just over 10,000 followers on my personal profile. On first glance, that looks amazing because I've got one-fifth of that sitting over on my company page. And you would think, well, why would I do a newsletter that's only got potentially 2,000 versus 10,000? And I can see why, you know, people would say the math just doesn't add up to do it the other way. But what you've got to factor in for me personally is that I built – my personal following in the beauty industry selling chemicals and around half of those are built on that community. They don't care about company pages. They don't, you know, they might a little bit, you know, but ultimately that's not the news channel that they were following me for. On my company page, however, that has been strategically built and it is a pure concentrate of people that are interested in company pages and LinkedIn for business specifically. So I do run two different ones. How often I get to them, you know, that becomes the, you know, the challenge, of course, yeah. which is where the repurposing of LinkedIn lives or other things that I do into those newsletters becomes so important. And so it's, you know, two different audiences, one like yeah. me personally, one want to know more about LinkedIn and pages. And so I just, you know, tune them differently. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm, I'm working with a client doing a strategy for them at the moment and they've got about 15 staff. They'll probably get up to 20 to 20 to 30. Um, the the owner is dynamic. There's We've got a sidebar strategy for her um, as a personal branding, but I've sort of been actually wrestling with that. I felt, you know, maybe it's we got to put some through the company page and and then let others contribute and she continues uh, doing her stuff as well. So it, it's not either or really. One of the other factors that I would say, if you're working with a business of any size that has an intention in the future of being sold, so it's a business that's being built with the idea of being sold at some point in the future, you can't sell personal followers and connections as part of that process. Um, so there is a value to a really strong online community, I believe, these days. It may not have a physical dollar value on the accounting books, uh, but it's the social proof that your business has. And so yes. I think that has a value. And so if any of your clients of any size in the future 
future are thinking about uh, growing to a point where they may sell or growing where they'll need help to manage content, then the company page is the place to be able to manage that easily. Yeah. Excellent point. Well, I might, might finish up on that. Thank you very much, Michelle. Um, people find you, I take it on LinkedIn or maybe not. <laughs> where do you want to, if, where do you want to send people? Where, what's the, the, the company page and the, the company website look, and the book, the name of the book again? Yeah, so Business Gold is the name of the book. It's the world's first and best-selling book on company pages. Uh, and so if you're looking for a great resource to understand how to set one up and get started, um, that's the book for you. Uh, so Michelle J. Raymond, and the reason I use my initial is because there's 1.5 million Michelle Raymonds on LinkedIn. You will not find me without the middle initial. Uh, I discovered that early on, hence why it's there. Uh, but Good Trading Co. is my company, so if you want to follow my company page that's where i share all about how to get the most out of company pages on linkedin to grow your business so and your linkedin yeah. live events which are Every great videos, great, great interviews with uh, great people particularly yeah. last week yeah. awesome guest <laughs> awesome guest all right thank you very much michelle you're welcome thanks for having me the reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories and ideas. Are you in? 